Welcome to Plato's Gravity. I'm Aaron. And uh, I gave a homeless man a donut yesterday. Uh, did you give him the donut or the donut hole? Oh, the donut. Oh, that's that's very kind. It was a gingerbread man shaped donut. A gingerbread. Well, there wasn't a donut hole then. Yeah. Well, no, there wasn't. Well, okay, there were donut holes because you take the leftover dough and you make donuts. Have you have you lied to me before you have even said your name? Yes. What's your name? Wait, no. Hold on. No, one, I did not. My name is Jason. <laughs> and two, I did not lie to you. I gave the man a fully fledged gingerbread man shaped donut. I'm holding up the number three, even though I didn't make three points. Also, it's a, an audio version podcast. Yeah, which is why I narrated it. And I think we're done here. I think we're done here. Thank <laughs> you, Jason, for your generosity for the donut. We are excited to welcome Jordan Alexander. Or no. Ah, hold on. <laughs> your Twitter handle is different. Yeah, uh, I don't put my last name on Twitter. Do you want us to go with Jordan Alexander for this? Sure. Okay, fantastic. I think we're I think we're done with that there. We are excited to welcome Jordan oh, Alexander. Oh, we're not going to edit that out. Damn it, Jason. <laughs> yes, no. we are. We didn't, hold on. We didn't reveal any information that didn't need to be revealed. Uh, let's reveal something that also doesn't need this, to uh, be revealed. I sometimes have an upset stomach when I wake up. Come on, Jason. J- Jordan Alexander is uh, has been a home brewer for like uh, two years or or so. He is an extract brewer who is thinking of making the jump to all grains. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. It's an, a fun and exciting topic. Uh, but the first thing we do on every show is we drink a beer together. And uh, Jason chose the Hemperer for us uh, from New Belgium. Jason, can you talk about why you chose this beer? No, I didn't. Jordan chose the beer. Oh, damn it. Jordan, <laughs> can you talk about why you chose the beer? Yeah, uh, so... I had the distinct pleasure of going to New Belgium's brewing company um, in Fort Collins in May. I was actually there for um, an Odell Brewing Small Batch Festival, which is also in Fort Collins. And uh, we drank a lot of beer, went to a lot of breweries, and this was just really unique, you know, something that I'd never had before. So thought I'd give you guys the pleasure of trying it. Yeah, I haven't tried it before. It is – it's amazing. First of all, when you open the bottle, um, it – you can tell that there's hemp in the beer. It has a very, it has the very fun and distinct smell. So that's good. It but like then fills the room. Here's the question: Is is that smell actually coming from some sort of marijuana, or is it coming from the hops? Like are these just dank as fuck? There's hops? hemp in the beer, right? Is it, there's well, hemp in the beer. There is hemp in the beer, but I think it also could be coming from my mind because that's how smells work. Like if I anticipate to smell that, I open the bottle and then that's what and I smell. That's I, what you smell. I did not anticipate it to smell as much. Like no. the reef, it was as it was it, does. it was overwhelming. But then what's interesting is once you pour it into the glass, and then on the nose, it's it's more of like the traditional dank smell that you get from a beer, and less like just killing you with marijuana. So just nice dank hops, and then it's it's really smooth. Yeah, yeah, like flavor flavor profile wise, uh, it's just a really solid, strong, good beer. That nose though, the, man. No, the nose is fantastic, and then it's not like overly bitter. No. It's a little it's a little dry. And it has like a one of my favorite characters of of, of IPAs or in this case uh, uh, HPAs is when they have like a, a really slick mouthfeel, um, like it goes down smooth. It kind of hits your tongue. That's I don't uh, have better beer words to describe it, but it's that's that's fantastic. Thank you for choosing it. Yeah, it's got great mouthfeel, and it's you know it finishes pretty like dry, which I like because I drank some beers last night and they left my mouth a little syrupy and so I'm, I'm really enjoying the fact that i don't feel that this morning yeah well i think what's really interesting is that normally that slickness that i talk about comes with those those bigger sweeter beers and this is kind of the, the best of both worlds right honestly my favorite part of the beer is probably the name like i i kind of keep looking at the bottle and wanting to giggle like i like the beer and i like i like it, most things about it but the name is just 
And which, which in my mind brings up the question, what are the best name beers? And I feel like this is up there. Any, any solid beer names, Jordan? I'm trying to think. Um, Optimus Prime is pretty good, you know, with Transformers. So Where's that from? Oh, my gosh. I actually can't remember the brewery off the top of my head, but I always remember the name of the beer. Um, here's, a, here's a fun fact. The more beers we mention on the show, the more research Aaron has to do Damn it, the Jason. show notes. <laughs> so if you can, uh, just throughout the show, if you can think of any other great beer names. Uh, for instance, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. We we already we already did this on a show. We already we already did this on a show. Uh, wait, wait. It's Legacy Brewing Company for Optimus Prime, by the way. Uh, Legacy Brewing Company, and then there's uh, another beer. So there's a beer that's, that was kind of controversial uh, in the in the beer world, and I unfortunately don't have like all of the information. But there was a beer called Cease and Desist. Uh, which, which basically was put up by a beer company, uh, and I think the original title of the beer company got got like cease and desisted. So they just named the beer cease and desist oh. as like a is like a joke. Um, so that's 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 pretty funny. But then apparently they were like way over the lines and and should it was like a legit cease and desist. So because um, uh, they were basically oh. they had called it Rasputin. <laughs> um, <laughs> So young, young, young Rasputin. Yeah, they had called it <laughs> Rasputin, uh, and it was Brewers de Molen uh, from the Netherlands. And then when they wanted to sell it here, they were like, "No, you you can't. There's already a Rasputin." So now they call it Cease and Desist. So I made like a post on a uh, uh, Facebook page about how I liked that beer name, and then a bunch of beer nerds were like, "That beer sucks. I can't believe they tried to do that." And then they're just making a joke out of the legal process, and the trademarks are a big deal. And I was like, "Oh God, I'm sorry, guys. I just thought it was clever." <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh, I thought of another good beer name. Um, Hoppy ending. Oh, Hoppy ending. Like <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I like the uh, the artwork for it too. Yeah. So, and and that's the thing is we named the show on the beer. So th- this show will be called uh, the Hemper with Jordan Alexander. That's that's going to be the name of the show. Uh, so we'll ha- we'll be kind of remiss to not throw out uh, Joe Clark. We talked about this a couple times on the show. Joe Clark did not know that we named the episodes like that, and he chose for us Big Red Cock by Vivant or by Brewer Vivant. <laughs> so his episode was Big Red Cock with Joe Clark. Shout out to Joe Clark. It was. Uh, our least savory title so far <laughs> i do I, I i do also want to shout out black acre which i always do uh for randy my favorite oh uh, yeah they named a beer after one of their patrons who goes there and drinks every day yeah i don't even think he drinks the beer but it's just called no. randy with like 13 a's i don't know exactly how many a's no he doesn't drink that beer he he interestingly and way, way to bring it back uh on topic jason he drinks almost exclusively old rasputin on draft Man, that's uh, just a heavy beer to drink constantly. Yeah. yeah, he is drinking that shit like all the time, and, and basically, I, I'm pretty sure that the the sales rep like is able to keep that beer on tap there all the time because of him. Like they would, that, that's just a permanent guest tap at Black Acre is Old Rasputin because Randy's in there drinking it. But they did make him a, a chai milk stout with a variation. Uh, for they, I think they tried to get him to drink the uh, in-house brand, and it didn't. Uh, he's, I think, he still has a couple of them every time it happens. Oh, well, you would hope. Like, if they ever named a beer after me. So, and then Randy actually has a weird connection to me. Randy was uh, really good friends with my my father-in-law. So, um, (laughs) 
So, uh, so I know Randy. So I, I you know what? I, I, I we gotta tell Randy about this show since we just mentioned him. We, <laughs> we need to go to Black Acre, Jason. Uh, deal. I'm always down. Um, but so, yeah. so tell us about. Uh, so tell us about your first beer. Ooh, my first beer. Definitely not the, the first beer you drank. Well, actually, tell us the first beer you ever drank, uh, and then tell us about the first beer you brewed. Okay. Uh, the first beer I ever drank, let's see, probably would have been when I was hunting. So my uncles are not craft beer guys. Uh, they're more uh, Bush Light, you know, Bush right. Latte fans. So, uh, or Bush Keystone. Latte? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Keystone? Yeah, the knockoff Coors Light? Yeah. So it was, it was probably one of those two beers, and it was... Not enjoyable. I'll go with that. But then I didn't start really drinking craft beer until I was um, probably 22. So it took me a little bit to, to make that transition. Exactly one year, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so what's the beer that got you into craft? I think I probably started with uh, some dark beers. And I know that you guys talked about this on your last episode, but Dragon's Milk. Yeah, mm. Dragon's Milk is really good. Yeah, and I just reviewed that on like my Instagram, I think, like earlier this week, and uh, I hadn't had it for a while, and I like forgot how good it is. By the way, if people want to see that review, they can hit you up at the Duke of Drinkability with underscores in between all those words. Speaking of good names, thank you. Yeah. I it, I had to talk a lot <laughs> to like work out a lot of different names. I actually had it something different before, and it was just too specific to Milwaukee, which is where I'm from. So all right, I thought of uh, some other names and asked people around, and that was the winner. So you're just from the home of beer. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's incredible. That sounds uh, nice. We're we're not from the we're from the home of rust and <laughs> the home of rust. <laughs> the home of rust and Eli. We're Lilly. the crossroads of America, Jason. That's touche. Good point. It's right. where everyone can leave the in, the in NC, any direction. The NCAA is here. So uh, I, I noticed that you're from Milwaukee, and listeners, uh, listeners of the sports sh- ball thing, listeners yeah. of the show will not be able to see that you're wearing a Brewers blue shirt, which I can't tell if it's a Brewers shirt, but it's a Brewers it blue. It's actually an Odell Brewing shirt. An so Odell a Colorado shirt. shirt. All right, very good, very good. That's good because the other would be a sort of an unacceptable type of shirt to wear on the podcast. Wait, the uh, <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers? Yeah, yeah. Why? We don't talk about it a lot, but I'm a huge Cubs fan. It would make me upset. Ooh, what? I don't know if I can do this podcast. Ah, uh, well, we already we are in a show. We I think we have enough now to at least send an apology podcast to our listeners. <laughs> we had a we had a guest and he was a Brewers fan. So eighteen minutes is the show, guys. Hope you guys enjoy. Roll the music. Uh, so so uh, so you started drinking dark beers. Was the first beer you homebrewed a dark beer? It was um, actually a Belgian triple. So Jesus. Um, yeah, it was. I got the kit. Um, for Christmas, I believe, and I had been getting, at that point, um, I had been getting a lot more into the Belgian beers, stronger ales, stuff like that, right. and uh, yeah, it was my first one, and it turned out great. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always good when the first one turns out amazing. So and so you're brewing, uh, you, you brew a five-gallon batch, you got this Belgian triple, are you just crushing that all, or are you sharing it? I shared a fair amount of it. I'll go with that. A fair um, amount, all right. Because it's like people enjoyed it and they wanted to keep drinking it. And I um, brewed at a friend's house. And so I gave they, them some for like letting me brew there and helping me through the process and all that kind of stuff. And um, they're the ones who kind of got me to continue to do it because they were like, oh, look, it's not that hard. Were, were they already brewers or was this everyone's first time? 
Um, no, they were already brewers. Okay. Uh, their dad makes wine, and then they had probably been brewing for six or seven months before me. Oh, nice. So, like, I mean, they were still very new to it, but mm-hmm. they had done it before. So, a lot of times, brewers can be pretty technical sorts. So, on, on a typical extract brew day for you, like, what's the most important thing for you to get right? Sanitizing, honestly. Yeah, that's like, stuff. that's always the most important thing. Like, if you don't sanitize, it doesn't matter if you do everything perfectly, your beer's going to taste like ass. Uh, it will. T- that's a technical term, by the way. Ass. It'll taste like yeah. ass. Ass, yeah. <laughs> there are specific ass bacteria in the world. That <laughs> there are actually <laughs> specific ass bacteria. So have you have you have you learned that the hard way, or have you just uh, used the literature to make consistently good beer? Um, well, I learned it the hard way, and it wasn't really from the actual brewing process. I brought some new equipment, and um, I actually had a leak in my uh, primary fermenter. It was like a plastic carboy. And I put it in my chest freezer to ferment and I hadn't checked on it for like a day or two and it was leaking and sitting in the little pool of uh, beer. And that beer had molded then and it infected my beer. Oh, that is no fun. So you no. have a chest freezer for for fermentation. Are you are you rocking the, the lagers a lot or are you just really trying to keep it around 65? Um, I don't, I've never actually done a lager, but okay. like, um, I keep that in the basement cause like, I don't really have a great place in my house right now to just have it be a consistent temperature. And in the summer it can get really hot. Um, right. and I don't want to pay all the money for air conditioning to keep it at the right temperature. So yeah. had a chest freezer sitting around at my parents' place and, uh, they let me take it off their hands and I bought a temperature regulator, um, a thermostar and it works. So you are you are looking at making the transition into to all grain brewing. Are you feeling like that's like gosh, that's going to be the next batch or just sometime in the next year? Or where are you at with that? Um, it's probably not going to be the next batch. It'll probably be the summer, just because uh, I brew outside and mm-hmm. in the winter it's pretty cold. Oh, it Wisconsin, it gets cold there. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a little bit. Oh. I went to college at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, so around the same temperature ranges, and it is no fun. It is not. So that's why I'm like, okay, if I'm going to learn something new, I want it to be, like, pleasant outside. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I, I have a couple. Uh, so if you want to learn something new uh, and you want to, to do it in the winter, uh, if you're going to do brew in a bag, uh, which is an all-grain method that, that, that we use where you just use the one vessel, you put all the grains in a bag, and then you don't sparge. You just pull the bag out, squeeze the bag, and then move on to the boil. That's um, what she said. That is, she said it differently. I think, Jason. <laughs> That's um, what you think. If you're going to do that, one of the things that that I did in the winter to try to kind of hone in on some of my processes is just do a one gallon batch on the stove. And if you have like a, if you, it, it takes a little a little longer using a stove. I had a conve- uh, convection, not a convection stove. I had an induction stovetop burner, mm. uh, and I made a Sierra Nevada pale. Uh, clone and it, it went pretty well. So that's one way to kind of like wet your feet, but then it's also like a lot of work for like ten to twelve beers. It, right. I was gonna say like uh, if I'm gonna do it, I want to get a lot of beer out of it. So yeah, that's that's definitely the drawback of that super small batch, that super small batch stuff. So so like we're in the colder we're in the colder weather right now, right? So what what's the plan? Are you just figuring out what you're gonna do next year, or just planning out what you need to have by next year? Yeah, it's more planning like what I need to have by next year as far as like different equipment goes. And I actually one of the things I was going to ask about was brewing a bag because that seems to be like 
the most simple, cost-effective way to make the transition from extract to all grain. And I've watched some videos on it and looked up some kits um, from my local brew store, uh, Northern Brewer. And it, the, the only bad thing is that generally the kits are only three-gallon batches, and right. I'd kind of like it to have five. Well, I mean, the thing is, so in the brew in a bag, you, you're going to do um, your grain, uh, your grain to water ratio is going to be about double what you would do in a normal setup. So you need bigger equipment. Um, exactly. So to do a five gallon batch, you, so we have we have a like a, a 10 gallon kettle and we can pretty comfortably do four gallon batches in there, five gallons of a, of a session beer. Um, but I would say that if you get a 15 gallon kettle, you can do basically any five gallon beer that you want you can do some big old boys or um so investing in that 15 15 gallon kettle is probably where you want to go if you want to be at that five gallon range and then you know you say oh that's going to be expensive and the steel gets expensive when you get up that high but if you compare that to the price of you know three smaller vessels that you're doing um then you know it's not that it's not that bad and, and there's some there's some good products out there uh that are relatively inexpensively priced uh, Brewer's Best has some some kettles that are super cheap. They're thin, and the the thing you want to kind of watch out for with brewing a bag is the more money that you can spend on your kettle, the better, because the thicker your stainless steel, the better you're going to be able to hold temperature during your mash. And the most annoying thing about brewing a bag is that you have to kind of figure out a really solid way to hold your temperature during the mash. Uh, if you want any kind of control over how much sugar is going to be, how much fermentable sugar is going to be in your beer, so. You know, if you're mashing in that like 148 to 152 range, you're going to get a dry beer. If you're mashing up around 160, 162, you're going to get a sweet beer, and it's going to give you that cloying, syrupy feel that you talked about earlier. The- and like, it's hard in brewing a bag. Now, you can do some things like if you're willing to like, you know, engineer it, you can like put some padding around it. Uh, you can put some insulation or some blankets, but the better the steel you buy, the less you're going to have to mess with that. Yeah, when the other option is, uh, if you're doing biab, is to actually. Um mash in a cooler with the bag and it's still the same thing you're just mashing in a cooler without a sparge we have had mixed results with it yeah that's cool that's the cooler we have sucks it's a square cooler and you really need like a cylindrical tall cooler to to do it right but, but it's my cooler. it is your cooler so <laughs> yeah, I, uh but that's not that's not a bad cooler brewing a, ba- brewing a bag in a cooler so is beer. not bad and then you don't need the the kettle you buy doesn't need to be as big because you're gonna you're gonna sparge or water transfer the water and it's going to be after grain absorption. Plastic's cheaper than steel, so that's a that's a. Uh, I would read up on it because again, I, uh, we do have a cooler that's not optimal for it. Um, they just uh, so kitconnection.com just released a uh, a two cooler system, and this wouldn't be brewing a bag. This would be like traditional like uh, hot hot liquor tank, mash tun, and then you buy a, a boil kettle. But it's 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 a. Uh, a mash tun with a false bottom, like an igloo cooler, and then another igloo cooler with a hot liquor tank with the the ball valves installed in them already, and the kit's like under two hundred dollars. And I'm like, gosh, that's gonna have to be it. Like, I'm really close to pulling the trigger on that bad boy. I mean, that's almost that's worth it right there. Yeah, yeah. Ketconnection Connection uh, is where is where that kit at. That that was their Black Friday price, but I don't I don't think it's gone up. I think they've left it at that price. They debuted it at that price for Black Friday, and I think they've kept it there. Because, I mean, if you're going to spend, you know, I mean, it's going to be over $100 for a nice 15-gallon, you know, kettle. And if you can buy all the other stuff you need for not much more price than that and keep your old kettle, that's not a bad deal. Yeah, like what what size kettle are you rocking right now? 
it's, I think it's an eight gallon kettle. Yeah. So they uh, eight gallon kettle would be absolutely perfect for that kind of setup. They actually raised the price on that bad boy. Uh, right now it's two twenty two uh, for for that setup. Um, and then actually a, a friend of the show JKT Brew uh, on Twitter actually sent me another company that has a similar setup at the at that one ninety price point. I'll put that in the show notes so people can check that out. But Shoot. that's a really good way to go. But but then in, in terms of cost, brewing a bag is going to be um, it, it's going to be a shorter brew day. So you're, you're, we take a, about a four hour brew day from from flame on to when I'm done cleaning, uh, maybe four and a half. And then if you're gonna if you're gonna sparge, that's just going to add about you know forty five minutes to an hour. You're going to be a little over five hours. So that's that that's another thing to take into consideration. It's a pretty long day. Yeah, it's uh, but you know you're sitting there, you're making beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's worse things to do. The, the more I drink the Hemperer, the more it tastes like weed. And not that I would know what that tastes like, but come on, I just, I felt like I should point it out that it has slowly gone more and more dank as I've had it. And it's a very interesting characteristic of the beer. Yeah. I think as it warms up, as it warms up, um, when it was cold, you really couldn't taste like the vegetal aspect of the hemp, Mm -hmm. but as it warms up, you can, you can taste it for sure. Yeah. It's, it's good. I only bought two of these because... Uh, I'm trying to drink less beer on account of my my girlish figure needs to be watched. Uh, but I I wish I had. He has a very manly, masculine figure. Is I, this weird to say it like that? Yeah. Hey, Aaron is swole, and that is not how you use the word swole. Shit. That swole does not refer to adipose. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Check out the meaning of adipose in the shots. Uh, sure, I can put that in there for those who don't know that that means fat. Now I don't have to put it in there. Um, so yeah, yeah, so what? Why are you? Uh, so talk about like so moving to all grain is cool. We we all know that you can get like more control or whatever. But talk about why you personally are motivated to move to all grain. Uh, honestly, it's because of that. There's it's that and the fact that you can buy uh, the grains and everything. It's it's a little bit minus the initial investment of buying the different equipment. It ends up saving you money in the long run as opposed to buying extract kits. Right. Yeah, because it is it is cheaper for sure. It, it's one of those things where the older I've gotten, the, the the nicer it is just to have extra stuff lying around so that when I decide I'm going to do something, I don't have to go to the store. And as an example, like now I keep way too much paper towel on hand so that when I decide to clean, <laughs> I just I don't have to like, oh, I have to go to the store and get shit to clean. Right. It would be super nice to just have a satchel of grain. But if you, have, if, you have, if you have a satchel of grain, though, you're going to need a grain mill. Well, sure. But, yeah, so that's like that, like we don't have like a grain mill is going to run you like 150, and I would love to just keep grain on hand, and I could just like look at my stores and be like, what am I going to brew today? But uh, we're still going to the brew store every time. So you said you go to Northern Brewer, um, which you know to the rest of the country is a big online outlet. Is that a they have a local shop for you to go to? Yeah, we have a local store that's probably. Uh... 10 minutes, 15 minutes from my house. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, it's, it is Milwaukee. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really nice because they also have free classes there. So, like, they'll teach free classes on winemaking, cheesemaking, brewing, kegging, keyser building, um, all sorts of stuff like that. And you can go in, sign up online, or just, like, show up, and um, you get a free beer and a free pint glass. Like they, they're giving this stuff away and teaching you and you don't have to pay anything. 
That's that's pretty awesome. So how many of those classes have you attended? Um, just one, actually. I, when I first got into it, after my um, after my unsuccessful attempt at making um, a milk chocolate stout, that was the one that got infected. Oh, right. Um, I went there and I went like just to be like, well, maybe I messed something up. Like I want to go and do the basics to brewing course. And um, yeah, it taught me a few things that I just didn't really consider or think about. Um, so I've only gone to one, but when I make the switch to all grain, I'll probably go to one for that. And um, I know they have one on kegging. And so I'll probably go to that one. And then the last one I'll go to is uh, the Keezer because I definitely want to build one of those. Okay, nice. Uh, so we uh, we kind of embarrassingly have all the stuff for a Keezer in my basement, and we just still are using picnic taps because I have so embarrassed. My God, I feel like I feel like they I should have. They know built I'm a, exposed. I, I feel like I, that was a little epic, Jason. Um, I was. I'm glad you came off the mic for that, though. That was courteous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listeners out there will know that I love them. Yes, and... because you screamed into the ether and not into the microphone. Yes. That's for you, um, listeners. So, wh- how aggressive is your is your Keezer build plan? Um, that's a good question. So, seven, I, ten taps. No, it's not. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I'm thinking I want to have like four. Four. Um, all right. Nice. That's like a decent size, and I don't need to buy like a super huge, expensive chest freezer because yeah. that's always that's. I mean, that's going to be the priciest part of the whole thing. Right. Like, how, how many? How many would your current chest freezer hold? Ooh, um, probably only two. It's a pretty small chest freezer, and I actually just modified it. So, oh, so you modify? How, how did that go? What did you do? So basically, um, so I could put my carboy in the bottom, and then there's like a shelf in it that covers the motor. So right. when I would have put my second carboy in there, I wasn't able to close the lid if it needed to be temperature regulated, which it doesn't need to be all year round, but in the summer it does. So I basically did everything else about the keyser except for you know drilling the holes and installing the taps so i built um like the collar and everything okay, like that nice. and attached it so now it's tall enough that i can ferment two beers at once so so you're gonna keep you're gonna go second chest freezer so that you can keep your lagering tank um and and then also have the 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 keyser so one one point of recommendation when you when you choose your your freezer size, and again, this is a recommendation for a keyser build from someone who hasn't built their keyser. Uh, so, grain of salt. Um, buy a big enough. Oh, I thought grain of salt was the recommendation. Take no, a grain of salt. No, take a grain of salt and then put it on the floor. No, uh, buy a keyser Make that a holds. It protects you from witches. It holds one more keg than taps that you have, because it's super awesome to be able to like have like some sanitizer or some some cleaning solution just like in there uh all the time are you talking about the cleaning keg that you yeah have a cl- ha- yeah have it's a cleaning keg. huge it's a like not, not huge yeah. size wise like it's really awesome to and have then, around and then when you buy the regulators like when you buy the regulators and the manifolds to split your gas up just have an extra gas line because you never know when you're going to need extra gas like it's nice to like purge the top of the kegs out to have an extra gas line and not have to take your disconnects off um, things like that. So I, I would say like we, when I, I, I have personally never needed extra gas. You need, <laughs> you've mentioned your, your stomach issues already, Jason, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's off topic. Um, so yeah, get extra stuff. Do you have any other thoughts? Like, have you looked into it? Do you have any other design tips that I, uh, did not just give you? 
Uh, maybe not design tips, but like things that I've seen from the videos I've watched is like if you're going to have a dark beer on tap or like um, maybe something that's a nitro um, right. that you can install. Instead of having your normal four taps on the front, you put your dark beer, or your nitro on the side um, so that it's, you know, isolated from the other stuff. So are you, planning, are, you, are you planning to, to, to go with the CO2 slash nitro setup? No, probably not. I mean, not yet. Um, maybe someday down the road when I'm like, oh, I want to try something new, but it's not my intention. Yeah, that's that's a pretty aggressive first build, uh, anyway. To 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 try to get that all in there. So right. at, at this point, doesn't just the first build seem aggressive? Yeah, I mean, anytime you anytime you're gonna do something like that, it, it, it's pretty it, it's it's pretty fun. So. Uh, but you you are uh, so this kegging thing though this is this is coming down the road uh, to you because you have some illicit information um, about about uh, a potential kegging setup for yourself which we are going to talk about after the break. Welcome back to Plato's Gravity. Uh, we are we are here now to uh, we we we, we want to talk about some illicit information that might be uncovered in Jordan in Jordan's life. Jordan, uh, what what information do you know that you shouldn't know? Uh, so I may or may not know allegedly that my parents have purchased me a uh, two keg system for Christmas. So a two keg system for Christmas is a wonderful Christmas gift. By the way, this uh, this episode will post on December twenty sixth. So um, we'll put in the show. It's if you don't get that system, like if they get upset that they found out you disclosed it on a recording and they just take <laughs> it back. So uh, so a, a two keg system, that's uh, that, that's pretty awesome. You got any beer ready to go into it? Um, yeah, I do. Um, and, you know, if she's going to be upset that I disclosed it, maybe she should have hit it better. I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, so so this wasn't like she told like she told someone that knows you like like you just saw it. Yeah, I was uh, at my parents' house uh, last week and was in the basement, and I was, like, looking for something, and it was just, like, right there. So oh, all right. two hours later, she's like, hey, don't go in that back room. And I'm like, oh, okay, I won't. Oh, cool. Now, so this is an important question. Does she know anyone else that brews? No. Well, I mean, maybe besides, like, my friend Sam, who is the one that I initially uh, brewed with, but he lives in Japan, so I don't think she's going to mail it. So she wasn't like, man, Jordan would be really mad if I got Sam a kegging kit and, <laughs> and not him, so I don't want him to go in there and see it, because what if he finds out that I got Sam this kegging kit? That'd be... <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, quite the turn of events. That would be... <laughs> Rather that... than ordering it to Sam in Japan, I ordered it here so that I could mail it personally. I love the sentiment. I, I, I think there's a, a specific term for that turn of events, and it would be bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> what would you call <laughs> bullshit... On your mom. I'm sure your mom is a wonderful person. I'm sorry for calling bullshit on her for this made-up we're, story. We're, we're calling bullshit on the made-up version of your mom that we have in our mind right now. Who hides <laughs> gifts for your friends in the basement and doesn't want you to see them because she thinks it will affect your opinion of her love for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. Uh, keg, so k- from bottling to kegging, I, I think this is the move that keeps more people brewing longer than any other thing because bottling sucks. The one th- – so uh, – Will you do you still like plan to bottle? Because one of the things about brewing is you know it's fun to share your beer, and the one thing about kegging is it's hard to share beer in a keg. So do you still plan to to Lots bottle some, or are you making the the full on switch to kegging? And it's like, hey man, if you want some of this, you got to come to my house. No, um, I still plan on bottling, and that's kind of one of the things that I was concerned about is because yeah, I don't want to 
haul a big ass keg around from place to place, you know? Right, right. Um, and so I was trying to look up different ways that you could bottle from a keg and I'm trying to find it right now. Um, but they have some equipment that like you can put it, can bottle directly from the keg. You put this down in the end of the bottle, you fill it up with CO2 to get the oxygen out. Right. Counter pressure bottle filler. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't find the stupid actual like name of what I'm looking for on here, but, um, is it the Blickman beer gun? It actually might be, but, uh, but it seems like the, from the reviews that I've read from the people that have done it, it, it works pretty decently as long as you're doing it correctly and it holds its carbonation pretty well. Right. So, so I have lots of opinions about, uh, about this. I have a counter pressure bottle filler that I got for $70 online. Um, it is super finicky to use. Um, you should prepare to lose beer and waste beer until you understand how to use it. Like you have to figure it out. Uh, but once you figure it out, like I've bottled like eight or 10 beers off of my, of different kegs. The first two times I did it, I wasted a shit ton of beer. And since then I have not wasted any beer. Um, but it, if you use the counter pressure bottle filler, which is not the Blickman beer gun, what it does is it allows you uh it puts the co2 and the beer down the same on the skin no or else it gets the hose again what is this a silence of the lambs (laughs) reference in the middle of our podcast jason oh lotion in the basket i'm sorry damn it i did it so no it puts the beer and the co2 down the same down the same straw into the into the glass or into the bottle so you don't have any oxygenation exposure the thing about um and then you don't lose any carbonation because you you pressurize the bottle so you use the Blickman beer gun and you lose a little bit of carbonation. So a lot of times when you see people when they use that beer gun, they'll ramp up the carbonation in their keg a couple of days before they do it so that they plan to basically lose some carbonation and get the beer carbonated right. The right. beer gun is, from all reviews I've read and from people in our homebrew club who have used it, unequivocally easier to use. And you'll have more success with it right off the bat. You won't cuss at it. You won't be mad about it. But you will lose carbonation a little bit even though you won't oxygenate your your beer. So the beer gun definitely doesn't get oxygen in your beer, definitely does lose a little bit of carbonation, and then the counterflow pressure filler does neither of those things, but it's tricky as shit to use, and you might waste some beer. Also, the price point, I think, on the Blickman beer gun. The beer, the beer gun's usually between 100 and 100, 130 bucks. So it's not, it's not that much more expensive, but it is more expensive. And if you are price conscious, uh, it's a thing to consider. Yeah, also the counter pressure bottle fillers, I, I mean, I, I scoured the internet, so those can sometimes be in that same price range. Ah, aha. Yeah. And so. I just found it. Like, yeah, the Blickman beer gun is one of the ones that's available on Northern Brewer, and that's 105 But then the other one that I was uh, looking at reviews on is called the Last Straw Bottle Filler. Yeah, yeah. And that's only $99, and it has 132 reviews in it, so... Yeah, it's kind of just going to be one of those things that I'll buy one of them and I'm just going to expect to do terribly the first time. Right. Uh, It's one of those things where if you get one and so long as you learn how to use it, I mean, they don't go bad. They kind of last uh, pretty decently. Right. uh, I'm gonna send you. I'll send you a link to the one we have. I could uh, definitely take it apart. I don't know if I could fix an issue. I'll send you a link to the one we have. It's uh, the counter pressure bottle filler from More Beer. It's seventy bucks uh, on there today. Uh, and again, tricky as shit uh, to to figure out. But once you figure it out, and the way I handled that is, I made a beer that I didn't care about, and I kept it, and then I bottled it, and then I wasn't yeah. that mad that I lost like three or four beers. It's also if you don't care about the beer, it's really fun to let your buddies 
uh, it splash, try to use this. It also I, splashes beer in their faces. Yeah. Yeah. I've never used this, but I've watched Aaron use it a number of times. And you watched the first two times when I splash beer all over the place. You know what? Good time. Because what happens is like no if regrets. you if you overpressurize the bottle, then like the thing will shoot out of there, and the beer will just like <laughs> fly out, and you're like, oh no, that's terrible. So. The goal, and it's like a feel thing, and there's ne- it's never better than that, but you're trying to get the pressure in the bottle to be like one PSI higher, or sorry, lower than the pressure in your keg, so that it very slowly fills without any foaming issues. It's a, li- it's, it's, it's a feel thing. Okay. Well, uh, I, at least I know that there's going to be a learning curve coming into it. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, so what's the, what's the, uh, so when you, let's, let's go back to your kind of transition into all grain. You, you said that one of the reasons you're doing it is for more control and to save money. Do you have like your, your target set on like the first beer where it's like, oh, this is a beer I can't make extract. And I, I want this to be my first all grain beer. Cause I want to have this style of beer or you're just going to brew anything. I don't really have a specific one where I'm like, this is what I'm going for and I can't do it on all on extract. Right. So no, nothing really specific yet, but, um, you know, I'm also still relatively new to it. So I'm probably going to, like I said, make some, make some kits first to see what the, what they taste like for all grain. And then from there, it's going to be easier for me to know how I want to modify different things. Well, I I would say, um, usually extract brewers, do you use a software on brew day? No, I don't. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty typical of, extra, of, uh, of folks who are brewing extract. Cause you really just don't need to, you just follow the direction on the kit and you, and you're set to go. I recommend that if you, if you go all grain and you, uh, and you are using a kit, uh, try to buy a kit where the, the kit seller will tell you what's in the kit. So you can plug it into a beer software and, then start like track oh, beer software as if you're beer, not thinking of beer smith. beer software. Well, I mean, beer, beer smith or brewer's friend are both are both are both really good. So, so I think I, I prefer beer smith because what I started with. But what is brewer's friend? I feel like I have to learn this software now just to be the antithesis. It's a web based. It's a web. It's primarily web based brewers brewing software. It's not, in my opinion, not quite as full featured. No, it isn't as full featured as, as beer smith, but it, it does a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, and then it can be segmented. So like they have some features. Anyway, this is way off topic. Um, oh, no, I mean, but I would recommend like using Beersmith with the kit, even though you don't really need to, uh, right. just so you can understand like how different measurements throughout that brew day affect the beer. So when you start to design your own beers, you have yeah, like you, you have that experience. Yeah, absolutely. It really, I mean, it is sort of a glorious spreadsheet for beer, and it's so much fun seeing the numbers transform over time. Well, I thought I was going to end up here, but here I am. And this is what the actual end result is, leaving notes, tracking the recipe over time. It is neat. I do like it. Yeah, and then if uh the the other thing is if you're gonna if if you're gonna buy a kit for brewing a bag, um mm-hmm. I would check with the homebrew shop. It's, it's nice that you can like go into the homebrew shop, but if they've made the kit specific, specifically for brewing a bag, they might have adjusted for a lower efficiency, uh or a lower amount of converted sugars. But if they mm-hmm. haven't, then you kinda want to get either some more grain or you want to brew with less water than they intend you to have. This is also the big deal is um, uh, sometimes your efficiency, Beersmith will let you know what your setup, uh, what your setup's efficiency is. And that's kind of huge in terms of maybe you go in and you can't buy the kit that's in the box. You have to go in and say, Hey, I want this kit, but I need it for this efficiency. Yeah, I mean, and some homebrew shops will be like, okay, and then some homebrew shops will be like, just tell me how much you need, man. Yeah, but like, at the end of the day, they'll get you what you need. Right. Um, okay. So let, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Can you talk about um, 
you know, you've been brewing for a little over two years. You're you're rocking the extract. the The Belgian triples are good. You're you're getting a draft. You're getting a draft system for Christmas. So things are really ramping up. Can you talk about um, why? What just why do you brew? Like I said, when I first started drinking beer, I didn't like it at all. I was a hard alcohol fan for a long time, and even when I started drinking craft beer, like it still took me a while to kind of find my groove as to like what I liked. And I did not enjoy IPAs like at all. It was right. too bitter. My palate wasn't used to it. And, uh, eventually, you know, I just, there's a really great liquor store in Wauwatosa called Ray's. And that's my favorite place to go. I could go there every day for like five years and never have the same beer twice. Nice. Nice. And, um, so I went there and just kept doing, you know, variety six packs until I've kind of found, okay, well, I like this flavor profile, this kind of beer. And, uh, that kind of just got my, my love of it going. And eventually once my palate adjusted to IPAs and like the hops and that kind of stuff, it just really opened the door to me of like, man, there's so much great stuff out there. I want to be able to make this. Right. Absolutely. So do, do you have any do you have any aspirations of of uh, of kind of going to a different level uh, with that like 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 brewing for other people or are you really just enjoy having some things that you can call your own for yourself? Um, right now, I kind of just enjoy having things that I can call my own. But at the same time, like especially after I make the transition to like all grain and I can have a little bit more freedom and like I know what like my parents like to drink or what my other parts of family or my friends like to drink. And so like, if I know that there's going to be some sort of public gathering or big gathering, I can create a beer that's going to be complimentary to the people that are drinking it. And I think that that's a really fun thing to be able to do. Yeah. In fact, that's actually, that's really awesome. I, 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 uh, I plan to next year kind of focus exclusively on brewing beer for other people. Uh, cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to drink a, a, a little less beer than I drink, uh, having a beer podcast and making your own beer makes that hard, hard target. So, um, so yeah, we're actually going to try, I think we, we talked about on the sparge, uh, last week, we're going to try a smoked, a smoked Martin beer for the mm. first, for the first go around next year. I'm pretty excited. I, I do want to point out, I did manage to stick to my goal of, I had after, after tiny Korean man got me hammered. I have not had anything to drink. Until this episode of Plato's Gravity. Hey, Jason, I think that's the Sparge that hasn't come out yet. Well, but this episode also no, hasn't come out it's yet. Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's out. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. Time traveling, long oh, time, I, tiny Tim. I, I think the tiny, the tiny traveling Tim is the Sparge that's coming out after this one. It's the New Year's one. That seems fair. Because you, you, you heard the Christmas, the Christmas Sparge, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, with like the top five gifts to get a brewer yeah absolutely it was it was it was fun yeah, stuff and i want to apologize to listeners i was hung over i kind of phoned that in <laughs> you kind of phoned it in. Like, <laughs> i i'm so sorry jason we just talked about cool beer products like they're uh, the expectation can't i know be that, but can't like, be one, of, one of my products was books <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did steal all of the books one of them one of one them go. was just beer buy beer <laughs> But I mean, that's a good, that's a good suggestion. So, so, uh, let, let's go, let's go that way. Let, let's, uh, you talked about your palate developing and things like that. You, you picked this amazing hemper for us today, but, but give us like, what, like if you had to pick three beers, that- you, what is your guest tab? What if, okay. So you have four taps in your, in your keyser. I'm at least two of them are yours. One of them up in the air. I'm assuming one of them is a guest tab. What are you throwing on there? Uh, you know what? I've got some friends from Germany. Um, I have a friend named Ingo who lived with me in high school and uh, he recently was living in Chicago 
for the past year doing American law school. And uh, he's back in wow. Germany now. But I'd probably do some international stuff. Um, and depending on the time of year, like, uh, you know, Oktoberfest, stuff like that. So I think it would kind of really just depend on the time of year of everything. I kind of like, I, I really like that idea of like during Oktoberfest bringing in an actual German Oktoberfest and having it on draft in your house. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, like, I, I, yeah, from across the pond, Oktoberfest. That's a solid choice. You have to get a different. Uh, you probably have to get a different uh, keg adapter. Oh yeah, we so we've talked about this when I went overseas. Like uh, people, uh, America, we're pretty standardized on a single keg connector. Two really. There's the homebrew keg connector. The the yeah pin locker ball lock. Pin lock ball lock. Or there's the Sankey, which is what type D. Type D Sankey. Yeah. And I I would imagine some of the uh, but there are like six or seven commercial keg connections across the world yeah like there's a there's a bunch of them so you go to europe and like what's on tap depends a lot about like what type of keg it is so so what's the uh let, let's talk a little bit about let's switch gears a little bit let's talk about the craft beer scene uh in in milwaukee we know it's the home of beer but we also know the type of beer that it's the home of so so what what are your <laughs> what is that supposed to mean you know what it means what 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 are your what are your options for craft beer in milwaukee oh man uh there are more than i can even count i live in Wauwatosa. And within five minutes of me, um, right now there are two craft breweries and then there's about to be a third one that's opening. And that's just in five minutes in like not even in Milwaukee. Wow, that's awesome. That's quite that's pretty cool. Um, One of them is uh, Venture Brewing Company. Great guys there. The owners are really awesome. They're always really friendly. They know my name as soon as I walk in Um, and they just won the let me see if i can go on their page here they just won an award in milwaukee um for like having i think it's the best craft beer um if i can yeah the milwaukee magazines list tastiest beer nice. and uh they just won that award so that's pretty cool and then the other one that's over by us is brand new i i apologize to them but i'm blanking on the name off the top of my head but they are Never going to make the same beer twice. Okay. Like, that's their thing. So, uh, are they, so you know how big their brew house is? Like, are they a small brew house where they can do that? Yeah, or? They're, they're a really small brew house. Um, um, they have a good one. And then, you know, you go into Milwaukee itself, and there's Third Space and City Lights and MKE Brewing, Pabst. I mean, Pabst isn't like a craft beer right, place. Right. But like, yeah, it's real hip. The kids right. love it. Yeah, it's it's the in the shows for the show a lot. So, yeah. Uh, so do you have and, a? And I should say they also make old style. They do make they do make old style, which I learned by doing the show notes for the show hashtag shows, um, which used to be the official beer for the Cubs. It was the official beer for the Cubs. Now, like Goose Island has taken over. That's seems very expensive. An- it's Anheuser Busch. It's not that expensive. Uh, yeah, Anheuser Busch Bakus Island. So you're so. allowed to drink old style now because the Cubs don't don't like old style. Yeah. <laughs> you don't uh, have so, to. Yeah, there's a lot. So I have like a favorite local beer in Indiana. Do you have a favorite like like if you just had to pick like one uh brewery uh in Milwaukee or within the five within five minutes of your house or either how you go like, yeah, let's, like, let's like say which, which one are you going visit to Milwaukee. Like, you can only take us to one. Where are we going? Okay, well, I guess that's going to be... I've got a follow-up question for that. Okay. Are we going for atmosphere or beer? Oh, beer. Beer. 
Well, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let, let me change the question. Let, let me change the answer. So the answer is primarily beer, but I if it's close between two places, I want to go to the place where it's likely that the head brewer is going to come out and talk to us. I, I'd probably have to say venture right now and I, I like them because they're really small they only opened up in july like the only people that work there are the three owners and i was um i went there for about an hour or so one night um just by myself i wanted to um, review some of their beers for my instagram and i was like hey like i wish you guys did tours i'd love to see the rest of your facility and he was like you got some time and like just took me back there and was telling me all the stuff that they were making and um they just collaborated with um, another local bakery, actually, uh, Cranky Owls, and um, they are putting their crullers in a beer that they're making right now, and I'm really excited for so, that. So happen. donut this beer? has to be in the shows. Is it yeah. donut beer? Yeah. Um, I can't... I don't think they've released the name of it yet. All right. But, yeah, it, it, I they posted a picture of Joey. He's the owner of Cranky Owls pouring just tons of crawlers into their fermenter that is awesome we are are we're gonna have to uh there'll be that picture will be linked to in the show it's, that's that's amazing that kind of creativity is is super fun let's talk about more about your 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 instagramming beer reviews how long have you been at that uh three weeks maybe i think i started my instagram account like december 3rd oh nice nice well that was, this is good timing this is good timing uh uh, for you, so how has that gone? I mean, have you uh, are are you focused on beers from Wisconsin, or are you or are you focused just on craft in general, or what's your what's craft your target? In, craft in general. I okay. mean, I love my good old Wisconsin beers, but um, really any craft beer. And for me, like as much as I love was reviewing Wisconsin beers, like I can get Wisconsin beers all the time, you know. Um, so I've been going, like I said, to raise and just building variety packs of beers that I've never heard of before, breweries that I've never heard of before, and just being like, okay, well, okay, this beer's from Indiana or New York or Maine or Oregon, and seeing kind of the stuff that they have and just exploring it. And it gives me, I love to travel. And so it kind of gives me a reason to be like, oh man, I really like beer from this brewery. So like, if I go there, I, I definitely want to go to that place. Sure, absolutely. Uh, that That's awesome. So what... Uh Three weeks is not a very long time, so I'm expecting you to remember every beer that you've reviewed so far. Do you have a favorite? I think one of the ones that I was really, really enjoyed um, is by um, Stillwater Artisanal. It's called Please Take a Number. Nice. And um, it's a New England IPA, and it was just, I mean, it's 8%, but it was crushable. Like, I could drink that all day in a hot summer day. Oh. Well, I mean, and, on a boat with that beer, and I'm good. And with a with with a with a handle like the Duke of Drinkability, it seems like crushability would be important in your review it, process. It is, and uh, not all of them are crushable, especially the dark beers. I mean, you just you can't. No, yeah, I you're mean, not. When you're not eating a. It's like eating a loaf of burnt toast. You're not rocking a four pack of the Dragon's Milk. <laughs> yeah, just one night, you know. <laughs> So do you have any, uh, you said you like to travel uh, to go get beer. Do you have any beer travels coming up planned? Uh, nothing coming up planned, but uh, a group of friends of mine um, always go out to Colorado every May for the Odell Small Batch Festival. And last year was the first year that I went and it was awesome. I mean, the one thing that's, um, it's not sad because Milwaukee has tons of breweries, but we don't have the space to have like a really big facility and like nice, huge outdoor areas. And, you know, they're up in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and 
both Odell and New Belgium have really huge, beautiful campuses. Like it, it's amazing. I walked into the Small Batch Festival and the brewery just kept going. Like they had three different bars and then they had like a whole outdoor setup with a stage. Like I was just blown away by it all. And then after, after that, well, not that day because we drank way too much, but the <sighs> following day when we went back to New Belgium, it's the same thing. They have this big open courtyard with like uh, bags or cornhole, whatever you want to call it, and yeah. just a lot of great stuff. Yeah, that that's uh, that's pretty exciting. That'll be uh, that'll be good for the for the Instagram. So, what's your like posting schedule? Are you trying to go like one a day, or just as the mood strikes you? Um, so, getting started to try and get some followers, I've been trying to review one beer a day, and I like I love drinking beer, but sometimes <laughs> it can be like inconvenient to be like, oh, shit, like I need to go drink this, you know. Yeah, I, I recommend drinking several on one day and then delaying the and posts. Then, that's, ooh, actually, that's, yeah. And that's that what I was like planning. Like, I went out last night in Kenosha to a couple um, local breweries, and I tried, like, two beers, two or three beers at all of them, and I wrote, like, quick notes for all of it so I could write reviews on it later and, like, took my pictures and stuff. Because especially around the holidays with your, your family and all that kind of stuff, like, you don't really have time to sometimes sit down and write out, like, a really good review so it's nice to have some in the bank. Have, have you become like the beer guy in the family? Like are people coming to you asking you for recommendations now? Um, my parents do. Like my mom's side of the family isn't like – actually none of my family is really like a huge craft beer people. Mm. Um, just because, like I said, they're all pretty traditional. You, you drink PBR, Miller High Life, Keystone, whatever it is. Goddamn hipsters making PBR so expensive. I know they really are. I mean, I I'll give it that. It's the, one of the better cheap beers, but agreed. Um, it's just so none of them are really coming to me. But I did make a, I made a homebrew in the summer, and I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. But my uncle drank it, and he was like, "This is really good. Like, if I gave you money for a kit, would you make me, you know, fifty beers?" And so while they're not coming to me for like craft brewery suggestions, like they're coming to me for like, hey, can you make a, a simple beer that's maybe has a little more flavor than Miller Lite that's still super easy to drink? Nice, nice. You're a gateway brewer. Yeah, that's that's by the way, that's our Kolsch. I, I like it's my least favorite beer that we brew and I've brewed it twice now and everyone fucking just wants more. So if you want to, right. if you want your friends to, and you know that's the thing it's good i mean budweiser is the stupidest most drank beer in the fucking world and it's it's garbage but that's what people want so you know you make something that's a little bit better than budweiser in, in terms of that uh, yeah, people go crazy yeah people go crazy it's just so yeah that's uh that's good shit like i said in the beginning it's trying to post once a day and if i can't post because like um i sing and i had some concerts last weekend and so, like, I didn't want to drink beer before the concert. And by the time it was done, you know, I'm getting home. It's 11 o'clock. I'm not posting because nobody's going to read it anyways. Right. So I'll always try and be like, hey, I'm not going to post today, but this is what I'm going to review next. Nice. Nice. So can you talk about has your has homebrewing kind of like um, affected or influenced the way that you review beer? Yeah, I would say it does because when you homebrew and like you're looking for specific flavors, like it really hones your palate as far as like, Hey, I can taste this. I can taste this and this. And then when you go to drink a beer that's made by somebody else, you start picking up on those different things and um, putting it into your memory bank of like, you know what? I like this taste in a beer. So when I get to the point where I want to all grain, 
and I want something with that flavor, like remember that beer, like what kind of hops it was made with or what kind of spices are in it. As you're as you're kind of doing that, like what what's your response been? Because first of all, uh, everyone who listens to the show should follow the Duke of Drink ability. I feel like these reviews are going to be good. Do you do you feel like in the in the like how do you do you feel like in the last three weeks you've learned anything new about beer? Be kind of having this more like review approach as you're drinking beer. Yeah, I do. Um, like just trying to, especially with winter ale, something that's like spiced or like saison, something like that. Like just trying to pick out the individual spices is becoming more of like a, a challenge for me of like, okay, can I, can I figure out what this is? And more so than that is when I'll research some of the beers after I drink them, trying to figure out what kind of hops that they use and like associating those hop flavors um, with my palate, like mosaic hops or, you know, mm-hmm. hemper it's, it's getting its hemp flavor from, well, the hemp, but <laughs> Adventure Brewing, they got these, um, they're like new hops from England. Mm. Um, they're called Jester Hops. Right. And they're like really, it gave the beer that dank kind of hemp smell and taste without having any of that in it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is that is really awesome. One of the things that I've always wanted to do, but just don't, I don't make the time for it and it's frustrating is to like just buy hops and like, like put them into stuff. Like in small like amounts, like just like, like you your know, mouth or up no, your like, nostril, like, maybe like, in like your shoes. No, like dry hopping Coors Light. And oh, ah, that's actually really intriguing. I was yeah. Gonna, uh, uh, the the idea of reviewing the beer, right? Go kind of goes back to I don't know if it's the episode that has aired yet where we talk about mindfulness and drinking. That's that's the the one that hasn't aired yet. And I kind of love the idea of you just naturally by virtue of I have to write about this beer. I have to think about this beer. I'm not just drinking to drink. I'm drinking to think. Drink to think, right. people. And like when I'm when I'm drinking a beer, like I'll usually just go and sit alone because I don't want to be distracted. So like you know, I I take my phone out. I'll pour the beer. I'll take my picture, and then like I'll go sit down, and like I'll look at the color, the head. I'll smell it. I'll write those notes down, and then once I taste it, it's like I don't just like chug it. You know, I take a drink. I let it sit, and then like. I think about it for a little while and write those notes. So like, I'm not just drinking a beer to drink a beer. Um, yeah. Like the mindfulness aspect of it really comes into play. Yeah. And I, I think one of the interesting things for me is, as I've done, cause I have a similar path on, on terms of how like heady I want to be about drinking a beer, no pun intended. Um, but <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks Jason. Um, but I think like there's a there's a difference between like drinking a beer and 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 being in the the mind of like reviewing it or evaluating it or thinking like oh what what went into this beer how could I make this beer and then like when you're out with friends at a party like do you feel like you still have that space where you can just take whatever beer drink it out of the bottle and appreciate it or do you feel like you've been ruined by the by the different approach no, I don't think I've been ruined by it. I mean, most of the time if I'm going to a party, I can almost guarantee I've had whatever beer they're going to have there. So sure. I don't really need to go into that mindset because I already know what it tastes like. Sure. So it's not it's not too bad. And you don't bring I'm, your own tulip I'm not glass? in the mindset of reviewing. So you don't you don't bring your own tulip glass to the party? <laughs> no, I don't bring my own tulip. I'm not that guy. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I feel like <laughs> I'm not sitting next to that guy right now. No, not at all. Well, I feel that's... like I, 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 <laughs> I was that guy, or I would be that guy, but I'm married, and I go to parties with my wife, and would be judged incredibly harshly for bringing my own tulip glasses. So I don't do it. 
Will I bring my own beer? Sure. I'll yeah. like, I'll bring it, especially depending on whose house I'm going to. Some friends, you know, they're all about bush latte. And I love about, bush latte. So That's my favorite about thing. That life. So I'll like bring a six pack of something else for me. So like, they don't, they don't really care about that. It's not like it offends them. So. My God, you like other beer. <laughs> so, um, I, I look forward. Uh, I, I look forward to kind of getting engaged uh, with with your Instagram page, and and I have like a. I feel like I'm I'm a little out of line in, in suggesting this because it's something that Jason and I have talked about doing, and I actually have done this, but we I haven't. Have no idea where he's going. We, we haven't this. published it. But one of my favorite things to do is triangle tests, and I think that'd be like a cool piece of content where you like. Uh, have someone prepare uh, beers for you and two of them are same and one of them is different and then you take video of yourself evaluating the difference between the two. I would like eat that content up. Jason and I have done a couple of them on video but we have not published them because we haven't like been pleased with how frequently we can do them uh, or or the recording uh, I'm more content of a parallelogram kind of guy yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. So, But that's that'd be a cool piece of, of content. If you did that, that'd be awesome. Uh, you can take that idea from us since we haven't published our shit. Okay, I'm going to remember that. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think because on Instagram, can you only post videos that are like a minute long, something like that? Yeah, but I mean, so, you could rock a triangle test in a minute, I think. Yeah. If it was I, just I, you. I yeah. Do it quick. Yeah. Um, and that's going to hone your skills because if you only have a little bit of time to taste all these beers and be like, this is the one that's right. different. Well, and we, we use blindfolds, so we look silly as shit because a lot of times you can just tell the difference. And in by the blindfolds, beer. we really mean Aaron's shirts. My t-shirts, I yes. I put Aaron's shirt on my face and like, not yeah, the one no, off I, my Not the one off my back. Like, I feel weird about it, but like... <laughs> you feel weird about it? Like, I don't launder my shirts. Well, but like, I'm not there to see you launder it. I, I, I pretend like I'm not Kelly does laundry while you're here all the time. <laughs> it is fine. So, um... <laughs> But the uh, but black glasses would eliminate the need for the blindfold if you wanted uh, if you wanted to be able to make eye contact with the camera for your triangle test. So. Oh my god, are right. we gonna get black glasses? I, Kelly won't let me buy black glasses. That's why we don't have them. Oh. This is uh, <laughs> all all news on the podcast. So, um, so we we are we're coming up on time, Jordan. Wait I want a second. I'm not married to Kelly. You can buy the black glasses. Oh my god, that's fantastic! Yeah. Jay- so before we wrap up the show, we always like to uh, uh, let Jason ask it off the wall. Oh, 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 what the hell am I doing? Like I don't like I'm not the host of this podcast, Jay. So once once a time, Jordan, Jason asks a question that has nothing to do with anything uh, related uh, no, to beer. Has, yeah, well, no, yeah, nothing to do with beer. So so, are you ready for an off the wall question that has nothing to do with beer? Yes. All right, let's go. The title of the segment is Jason's Jason's off the wall question. Jason's Here we go. Question. Uh, so studies show that whispering to plants. Uh, can help them grow, right? So if there's a plant sitting in front of you, it's not doing so well, you can whisper to it. What do you whisper to your plants? Mm, what would I whisper to my plants? I'd probably whisper, why do I have you? You're not even fucking growing. <laughs> That's fair. That, that is awesome. So I, I like how you like you like let us on. You, you let us know the nature of the answer in your first, in your second word. It wasn't like, what do I? He rephrased it. What would I? As if to say, well, why the hell do I have plans? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that is that is awesome. So that you're, you're, was the wall. The question was so, not on it. So you're not growing. So I'm gonna, I know it's not supposed to be about beer, but we we've discerned from this that you're not going to be a hop grower anytime soon. No, but uh, I was. I had one question that I was going to ask you if you guys had ever fresh hopped anything because my friend Sam, his brother Zach, actually grows um, centennials and uh, another kind of hop. But like you know, we don't have palletizers. That's super expensive. Right, so right, right. Have you ever uh, fresh hopped anything? I have not. I have not fresh hopped a beer, but I love Sierra Nevada's celebration uh, that they put out every year around this time, and it is a fresh hopped beer 
So I highly recommend trying it. We and have I, no experience in doing it. It's a thing that I've always wanted to do, but fresh hops are sometimes hard to come by if you don't grow your own. Yeah, and like right. we we can't like our homebrew shop will sell you whole cone hops, but they're not they're not fresh. So um yeah i if you have a source of fresh hops i highly recommend just i mean give it a shot that's the beauty of homebrewing you can just give it a shot and see what happens so uh yeah absolutely that'd be awesome so one of the things i want to note is that we have another segment that i would have also forgotten today because i'm a little off my game which is the listener's mailback question but we don't have any uh listeners who have given us mailback questions so i'd like to take this time to to let you know that if you would like uh, your question to appear on the show it can be about beer or it can be about me or jason we're happy with that you can hit us up at plato's gravity wearing pants right now you can hit us up at Pla- that's not we're true. all three of us are completely naked we, you have no idea that's false that's true anyway you can hit us up at Plato's Gravity on Twitter Instagram or uh, Pornhub no we are not <laughs> did you create that I'll be pissed off uh, if you did that uh, Twitter Instagram um, Facebook we have Plato's Gravity and then we're also on Untapped we need to get our shit together on Untapped so don't judge us too harshly we drink um, a lot more beer honestly no we drink as much beer as is on Untapped because we're no, we drink a lot more beer, and then we're drinking beer, so we don't post. If you want to see, if you want to see Jordan's upcoming triangle test videos and or his pre-existing beer reviews, you can hit him up on Instagram or Twitter at the drink. Uh, sorry, the Duke of Drinkability. <laughs> the drink of that drinkability. is the underscore Duke underscore of underscore drinkability. I'm never. I'm just the Duke of. I should have just said the Duke of Drinkability with underscores in between the all the words. The Duke of Drinkability in Snake Case. Or it's. It's going to be in the show. Jordan, I want to thank you a ton for coming on the, the, the show. What the listeners don't know is I asked you just this week. Uh, you came on just in time for us to get this on for our post-Christmas episode. So thank thanks you for, so much. Thanks for making the time. Uh, we are having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to uh, follow you on Instagram and Twitter and, and kind of stay in touch. And uh, we're really excited for you to have a very Merry Christmas with, uh, with that uh, new kegging system. Take the next level. And a happy We want to thank everyone for listening to the show. We hope you've had a Merry Christmas. We will see you in a couple weeks with a fresh new interview. Uh, In the meantime, share some time with your friends and family, brew some beer, and have some fun. (laughs) 